Hold on tight. The most incredible rock and roll adventure ever is here. Feed him to the shark guns. Starring Judd Nelson as Hot Rod. Leonard Nimoy as... Galvatron. And Orson Welles. I am the Beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination. Transformers, the movie. So welcome. Uh, we're, we're me, me and Koo are here. We're, we're going to do um, Transformers, uh, nineteen eighty six. So, so welcome, welcome, Koo. Thank you. Happy to be back. It's been a while since I've been here. Uh, yeah, you know, we have some paperwork to put through. Yeah, I know paperwork. Yeah. HR had to get back to you. Background check. Yeah, some some harassment document. No. Uh, <laughs> so um, this is a film from nineteen eighty six, and. Uh, so what I like to do is, as we always do, is um, go over that quick synopsis, break down some like factoids about it, and then hit our observations. And uh, we can pepper in like some of our experiences with the uh, the subject matter because really this is um, part of both of our childhoods. I think this the the, the Transformers as a as a whole. Yeah, it's one of those rare crossover things where because it's had a few different life cycles, mm -hmm. it's somehow, you know, it's persisted when you think about it through multiple generations. Absolutely. And uh, it's like that, that's almost that Star Wars question that you determine how old a person is. Like, yeah, so what would you transform us again? Right. When I say Transformers, what do you think in, in your mind? Like, what do you see? You're going to say, like, Transformers. I'm going to say, like, yeah, Beast Wars, motherfuckers. <laughs> Beast Wars. Yeah. Beast Wars is great. Optimus Primal. I wrote this series, is what you're saying. That may have happened. There's a lot of there's a lot of bits in there. We had some of those toys. Did you? We had like the cheetah bot or what have you. I don't remember the name. <laughs> well, you didn't. First of all, like kids are so imaginative. They just make up their own names. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it's called on the actual package. They make up their own names. Beast. There was a Beast Wars movie. Okay, I don't want. Oh, that's coming out next year. Are you serious? Yeah, because I think Netflix owns the rights to it. Ah, that makes sense. It's not gonna be good, though. There's gonna see, and now there's gonna be a new generation of Beast Wars. So there's there's another spans generation experience. I feel like it's gonna be racist. Well, I don't all know. Be, all I'm gonna be monkeys. I don't think that's what that can't happen. The lead guy is a monkey, though. Like Optimus Prime was a monkey. Well, I don't know how they're gonna deal with that. It was Cheetor. That was a Cheetor. <laughs> no work was done. <laughs> that's not a lot of work. Uh, and don't forget Airzor, who was like uh, a condor <laughs> or something. Scorpionock, I'm going to keep it moving. I, this rabbit hole, we'll have to continue this later. 
I think Megatron was still Megatron. I'm going to move on. Because, uh, you know, Megatron <laughs> persists. Uh, so this particular movie, here, here's the synopsis. And we both watched this uh, relatively recently and took copious notes and all of that good stuff. So <clears throat> tell me if this is accurate from what we watched. Okay, I'm ready. Or from what you watched. I want to hear it. The Autobots must stop a colossal planet consuming robot who goes after the Autobot Matrix of leadership. At the same time, they must defend themselves against an all-out attack from the Decepticons. The Transformers, the movie. Okay, I like this because it brings out a central idea in this movie, which is that they, the Autobots are fighting a war on two fronts. Mm -hmm. It's bad enough that they have to deal with the Matrix of leadership and searching for Energon and all of that. And but then they have the planet eating planet robot thing, yes, and the Decepticons, which are basically just like the bullies are in your neighborhood that are always around, yes. So that's a lot to deal with. There, uh, that that one dude from like the Karate Kid who's now like a hero in like Cobra Kai, yes, that's who the Decepticons. They're just copies of that same dude, exactly. And uh, Soundwave's just that in a tracksuit. He's always it's always the same guy. So this film was released um, in theaters. So this is a, a, a theatrical release, right? From uh, 1986. This was August 8th, 86. So 8886. Get it. <laughs> Did they care about that then? Probably they, not. They, well, you know what? They may have. I just may not have been aware of it. Now, would it have been cool if it was 8888? That would have been cool. And so it was released in December 12th in the UK of okay. 1986, which okay. is likely where we're going to put this episode out. Who knows? Uh so this is released against um, one alumni of this network of this 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 series right here. Uh, let's watch it again, and two uh, well two other movies, but one that we know and we care about. Can you name any of these nineteen eighty six movies? One of them considered you and I did together. Oh man, you didn't tell me there was going to be a quiz. This is one of your people. We haven't done too many of Spike Lee movies. That's all I can really give you. So we did. She's got to have it together. Yes. Okay. Wait, was I supposed to think of another one? That's What's, all we did together. I was so. about to say, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was did. like, I know it's not Scanners. Particularly, no, it was, a, it was a movie we did together. It was one of your guys, so definitely it's Spike Lee. Got it. So this came out on the same day as She's Gotta Have It, um, and as well as Stand By Me. That is three, these are three very different movies. The other movie was um, One Crazy Summer, which I never saw. Who's in that? Um, white people. Okay. I, I don't know what that movie is. I don't remember that. I feel like it's. I feel like it's a hat involved. I, I don't know. Like <laughs> there's a hat. What do you feel like? There's. It's a romantic comedy, and somebody's wearing a hat, and they're singing, and it's like by the East River. This is or... a John Cusack movie. Okay. John Cusack, Demi Moore, Bobcat Goldthwait. That sounds like the '80s. Um, uncomfortable confession time. Oh, I am no. not really a John Cusack person. He's got like one. And Curtis Armstrong from Revenge of the Nerds. Which which nerd does he play? He's Booger. Okay, got it. This is the cover for this freaking movie. So, lovely listeners, it's like a smiling sun that looks like the face of Jack Nicholson. <gasps> yes. With like sunglasses or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, thumbs down. They do well. Uh, so, <laughs> the Transformers movie had a budget of $6 million um, for an animated movie. And the animation quality, I think, is really good. It's, it's spotty in some parts, which is hilarious. Well, you're better at spotting the spottiness than me. But I will say that I was impressed with the animation. Like, I don't know what I remember it looking like. I did not see this in the theater. I definitely saw it on, like, a videotape or something like that <coughs> that probably belonged to 
So my childhood friend, Gabrielle, her brother, Jimmy, was really into comics. And we pretended like we didn't imitate everything that he did. But, of course, it's pretty much what we were doing. So um, it was probably because of him that we would have seen this, like, on videotape. Because I don't know where else I would have gotten Transformers. I don't know if, like, Clinton Hill Video had that or not. It's a deep cut right there for you. Clinton Hill Video? Oh, beloved. It was a very beloved location. We probably got it, like... So this movie came out when I was just over one, like one and a half or something like that. So I probably saw it when I was like maybe 10. So it's almost like I've had a relationship with this movie like every anniversary that hits. Like I believe I almost bought the 35th anniversary edition, which just came out. Um, but I have the 25th anniversary edition, which says I'm just sitting there. Also, <laughs> this is worth mentioning. Okay. Because we didn't touch on it. What year is this movie set in? <laughs> Oh, wait. Okay, wait, wait. <laughs> we made fun of it. Wait, I, I got to forgot it that quickly. 2005? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, so when the anniversary years come out, when I got, like, the 2006 like, version, I was like, hold up. <laughs> and that's, I, I really would like to know more about what went into that decision. Like, what about? This seems far away. <laughs> to, right. I mean, but what's going to happen in 2005? It's not even like it was, like, 1999 or mm-hmm. 2001 or, like, one of those kind of, like, magical years. Oh, just say, like, 2050. That is, like, we're closer to 2050 than we are to, like, you know, then, right? So if you were watching, it's like, this still feels like the future. But, like, 2005, even in 2000, feels like, that's a little too close. Like, we're there. Yeah. I mean, now looking back on it, it's like, I don't know. That wasn't very fortuitous. 2005 was, like, Katrina. It was, like, you know, I don't know. I feel like, what what came out? I feel like iRobot came out in 2005. Did it? War of the Worlds came out in 2005, like... Maybe mm. maybe War of the Worlds is a propaganda movie for the Decepticons. Well, I think we could do a different podcast about that. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it. And your your movie came out that year, too, Batman Begins. Right. Right. So in this fictional Transformers land, not a lot of robot-related movies out there, guys. No. But I did. I liked the animation. It, it looked different than I remembered. I like the way it has a lot of kind of like thick black edges that make it almost look like a comic page. And then it kind of had a little like, I don't know, like heavy metal, that film heavy metal type vibe. You know, I kind of liked it. Uh, They did a game. uh, I forget what year it was, but it was a PlayStation 4 game. Um, I think it's called like Transformers, uh, maybe Deception or Devastation or something like that. And it looks the the two D the two cell animation is very similar to what the the eighty six movie looked like. So okay. you have that nostalgic vibe, and those lines are very thick in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks like a moving comic video game setup. And your your observation about heavy metal because heavy metal that that movie what eighty one is kind of like a rock opera. Yes, from what I remember. I didn't understand anything that happened in the movie. It was, like, really young when I saw it. But I was just, like, that was probably the first time that I realized that there was animation for adults. I didn't know that that existed. I thought that all animation was for kids. My version of that was Fritz the Cat. We'll leave it there. Okay. (laughs) That seems appropriate somehow. Yeah. Uh, So Transformers is very much that, too, because it had, like, a banging soundtrack, apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, the soundtrack, the music is a huge part of the movie, and I did not remember how much music there, I mean, there is constant music in yes. the throughout the entire film. And the, the setup, before we get into this next this next piece about the cast and all of that stuff, the setup 
is kind of like three episodes of the the, the the television series, like to be broken down like that. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, I could see that. Because the the movie is about eighty five minutes, mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of fractured out to be a little bit of an extended episode. Okay, it might be four, but really, you have those kind of black cuts between like segments, like ah, oh, Prime died in episode one. <laughs> Turn oh, over the disc, man. Shocker and spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it. Um, so your voice cast, there are some major people in this friggin' movie. Yeah, it's real. I mean, it's fascinating. Like I feel like. You, you you've seen you've seen one of uh, the John Wick movies, right? I did see the first one. It's like someone handed in their marker to each one of these actual people. I need you to turn in this uh, favor you owe me, Leonard Nimoy, Orson. What you're dying? Come on, you gonna get over here? <laughs> you're dying? I, do you think that's how the call went? Um, I'm sure that's how the call went. <laughs> so this was Orson Welles, who was the he's the voice of Unicron, the Unicron planet eating entity. And that rumor about him on the set. But is it a robot? Yes. Okay, so it it eats planets, but it is also a, rob- a robot, but it's totally, like, sentient and, like, okay. And a cannibal, by the way. True. Mm, I didn't think about that. But I think, ultimately, he takes everything, everything down, as we see later in the movie, to their base root of being Energon. So he's just after Energon. That's really what it is. Well, you know, it's interesting. And then I want to get back to the yeah. cast, because I don't want to lose that point. But... It's interesting because um, my, well, our dear friend and also my ex-husband, Renard, says that The Transformers is essentially a movie about energy. Yes. And it's about the search for energy sources, which when you think about it, you know, continues to this day. So, I, yeah, that's a good point that that's really all that Unicron is after in the end. So, essentially, Unicron is George W. Bush. Oh, boy. What? Well, this makes so much sense now because, like, Renard's also obsessed with The Matrix, which is essentially about the same thing because of... The Matrix of leadership? <laughs> the Matrix of leadership, I know. I mean, this is all connected, right? But it's, like, the whole thing about, like, yeah, we're just going to reduce human beings down to this and show a Duracell battery. So yeah, it's, it's the not, same thing. It's not what you want. No. Uh, Leonard Nimoy, um, Spock. Yes. Who is the... So... When uh, Megatron is no longer Megatron and becomes Galvatron, why they, not only did they give him a whole different fit, right? He's suddenly purple. Just such a weird moment. I didn't know what to do with that. And part of me, and this is going to sound super stereotypical, but I think that part of it just has to do with, like, being a girl indoctrinated into girl toys. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of, like, Transformers. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's just... Not really something that toys marketed towards girls really did. Like, Barbie was Barbie. She had different clothes and stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to become, like, a different video game character. But I think I think one of the things that this movie is, it, we, we, we learned, because I think it's in the toys that made us, that this was a way to get rid of their old line. So some of the characters that are killed off, it's like, yo, this is rough. So, technically, they kill off Megatron while keeping him kind of the same, right? really, but it's a different voice actor, it's a different robot, but it's like, that was Megatron now. Right. It's just, like, repurposed. And he's kind of the same thing. He just turned into a big-ass gun. <laughs> Which, boy, you want to talk about something that just, I don't know what to even do with that? How and do they get away with that? The Galvatron gun is kind of phallic, too, if you think about it, because mm, the head I'm is sure. a different color than the shaft. Oh, God, of course you would notice that. Because it's orange, and he's very purple. Uh, Robert Stack is uh, Ultra Magnus, mm-hmm. who he, he deserved better. 
He did. He kind of just became like, after he got blicked off, he kind of became like a nobody. It's like, yeah, to the background, Rodman's promise taking over. Yeah, like I kind of see him like a Rob Stark character, which, spoiler alert, um, he was just built to die. Like, everyone loves him, and he's so great, and it's like, you're not going to make it out of the story, are you? Because he says the thing like, yeah, I'm nothing but a soldier there, Prime. <laughs> it's like, well, you're going to die, then. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Dud Nelson. That's not fair. Don't talk about my guy. His voice acting in the very beginning of that movie is terrible. <gasps> Why don't you ride in style? It's like... <laughs> Don't talk about my guy. And I Come love on. Rodimus Prime, by the way. I love Hot Rod. I, I had that toy, by the way. <laughs> I'm the only person that had that toy. It's like, look. Dud Nelson. Mm. I didn't sign off on that. Why, Dano? It's like, oh, my God. Can you get better? Please? But did people really understand voice acting then? I mean. Uh, Peter Cullen did. <laughs> well, okay. That's not fair. And we see what happens to him in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like. So many people are voice actors now. Mm. And, you know, but then it was kind of like there were probably seven people in the world that actually did it as a living. Then it's like the the thing that's the travesty of it. And I, and I, so Scatman Carruthers. Uh, yes. Uh, and, oh, well, Carruthers, because it's not Carruthers. I always say that. Um, and Peter uh, Cullen is. Uh, but that's the black pronunciation, Carruthers. It is. So this is the problem I have with the voice cast a little bit. Okay you kill off the actual voice actors from the cartoon. Like, as you were talking about, like, Peter Cullen has done a lot of the voice stuff on there, as well as it's, it's the other guy that was the voice of, I think, um, Starscream. Mm-hmm. They voice multiple Transformers. So it's like you're killing off people who are going to be in this next iteration of the cartoon series. Because this is a bridging mechanism, right? So Leonard Nimoy is not going to be on the TV show, nor is Judd Dawson. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if you watched the Ghostbusters cartoon, but Bill Murray was not going to be on air or Ernie Hudson. They were replaced with Lorenzo Music and Arsenio Hall. But nobody, I mean, you know, no offense to Arsenio, but no one ever liked that. Kids know voices. And yes. you don't, I mean, one of the, th- I don't even like it as an adult. Like, you know, it's like when you have those movies, it's like, okay, I buy them for the kids. And then mm-hmm. it's like, you know, Lion King, like 1.2 or Stop. one and a half or whatever. And then it's like the voices are like these different people. You're like, who the hell is this? Or better, the best example would be Aladdin. It's like, that's not Robin Williams. <laughs> oh, Sorry. boy. It's like, who, this is a person from the Blue Man group. This is not Robin Williams. Was there an Aladdin cartoon? Like a series? Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know this movie had six taglines? Six for one movie. For one less than 90-minute movie? <laughs> Geared for kids, by the way, which really is not a kid's movie. Not really, no. I mean, people are dying. People are dying. Well, robots are dying. People live. There are only two people in this movie, by the way. True, which is weird. They just seem out of place. They just seem like the the normal. I don't remember her name right now, but like the normal family member on like the Adams family, like the cousin. It's like, what are you guys doing here? Where is Daniel's mother? You know, there's <laughs> there's never a mom. You RC know what is I mean? the mom. <laughs> well, yeah. Spike is just yeah. I put this in there in 2005. I make my own babies. I don't need a woman. It's like what? Well. Like, well, that kid is 10, so this was 1995. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, you guys aren't that far removed from this. Um, so before I get to the taglines, do you have anything in that kind of casting thoughts in that area, or are we get to move into the taglines? No, we can move into taglines. Okay. Taglines. A monster planet destroys everything in its path while Optimus Prime and Megatron battle to the death. 
only people who watch the show are going to know what that means at all. Uh, in the year 2005, a new evil threatens the galaxy and in the most incredible adventure you'll ever see. Okay, that's more general. Two years in the making, an incredible adventure in spectacular widescreen animation. Mm, so that's geared toward two techno nerds? It's pretty vague, though. People who like are in the AV club or whatever? People that appreciate animation? I guess. Uh, it's an incredible adventure that will shock and surprise you. Don't miss it. I mean, yes, for people who are fans. That's someone that's pointing when they're saying it? Robert's pointing at me right now. Uh, escape into the fantasy this summer into an incredible rock and roll adventure. That's kind of close. That's more accurate and it makes it, that reminds us that this is basically like the dawn of MTV whatever. It's a music video. Yeah. Now, this is probably the best one and maybe the most vague one. Beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wallet's imagination. That doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> That's why I was like, <laughs> that could be describing what's that movie with like David Bowie, like Labyrinth, where he's wearing like a Tina Turner Stop. wig and has like the makeup of Kiss. I'll, I'll say this: fire your marketing people. Like, <laughs> That's not a good tagline. You know what? That that rule we have. How many screenwriters? How many taglines do you have? How many? That's a good one. Yeah, we have to add that. We have to add that into like how many different production companies pop up in the credits. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so here's some factoids about the movie. This was Orson Welles' last film. Um, film before his death in Orn. Uh, so they filmed this movie and did the voiceover work and all of that stuff in 85. So he, he died in October of 85. He was 70. How do people feel about that? How do people feel about, see, I feel like this is equivalent to like Kristen Scott Thomas, who is an incredible actress and her first film is Under the Cherry Moon, this terrible Prince movie. Oh, shit. So it's like, do people feel the same way about Orson Welles? Like your last screen appearance of your voice of like a screen legend is Transformers movie. And they did a lot of modifying to make it sound good. I mean, it sounds good to me. They robot it through his voice because he couldn't breathe well. But I, you know, would the breathing have been a problem though? It would have been. Okay, you don't yeah. think? Okay. I, I like from how good it sounded. Apparently, a lot of work was done to make it sound that good. Well, I'm just gonna say that I feel like the conversation between Unicron and Megatron is pretty much worth the entire runtime of the film. Yeah, because like, because he has that weird like bellowy echo. Yes. At one point, he says. Um, <laughs> Your bargaining posture is highly dubious. Shit is great. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's incredible. He's like, I'll give you what you need, the sweeps. <laughs> it's like he's just naming his new like, hench niggas. <laughs> and he's like floating around, you know what I'm saying? Like he's already, I mean, maybe that then he proves his point of like, you don't really have any bargaining power like, right now, you're floating around. Like who are you? Basically. You bitch ass, you broken. That <laughs> was essentially true. what Starscream did. He's like, I still function, get out of here, nigga. Oh my God, that was so, I still function, what a bet. <laughs> Like wow! So it was Scatman Crothers' last film before his death in November twenty second of eighty six. He was seventy six. Scatman Crothers was older than Orson Welles. That's crazy. Uh, the band who sings on the soundtrack and that's just going to stand in our way and Hunger is listed on the soundtrack credits as uh, Spectre General. The band's name is actually Kick Axe. Stop. Uh, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. I don't understand this. How do they call their band something else in the credits? So when the soundtrack was assembled, uh, they were thought that the name Kick Axe sounded too threatening, and they asked them to change it to Spectre General. The band was not notified about the change, so they just changed it. The, the, the company in changed it. In a movie it. where a robot becomes a gun, somehow Kick Axe... When 
a robot gets blicked off in the face. And he's like, ah, such foolish heroics, blam. Don't forget that they just threw their mans out into space when they weren't performing well. We'll and get to that plot point later. Niggas was being eaten on like a shark planet. <laughs> and he's like, I'm the last of my species. Well, you did. That planet is wild. <laughs> Uh, the film is considered to be a bridge between the second and third seasons of Transformers, and um, several third season characters are introduced, um, and several first season ones are killed off, i.e. I- Megatron and Galvatron. You know, they really try to make that sound so organized. I can't even imagine what type of coked out things were happening in the writing. If Put there a wasn't gun on right- them. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm just, they've been trying to make that sound really organized. So the movie takes place about 20 years after um, Transformers from 84, and this would be after a second season. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, during production, the idea of transforming the planet Cybertron into a robot uh, to battle against Unicron came up. That would have been fire. Uh, but was quickly dismissed. Interestingly, Marvel Comics Transformers issues, which was sold as a separate storyline from the cartoon, did regard uh, Cybertron to be a planet form of the Transformer god Primus, um, whose backstory otherwise involved warring against Unicron. So that could have happened. I wish everyone could see my face right now because I'm like, I hate when this happens. When you're telling me something and I'm like, why isn't this what happened? Budget. Uh, At the 31 minute mark, Megatron, uh, voiced by Frank Welk, who did a lot of voiceover work, uh, is transformed into Galvatron under Nimoy. In the television seasons that follow, Welker took over the voice work of Galvatron. It's like, yeah, so come back, I see. (laughs) You couldn't escape your failure. (laughs) Uh, Nimoy didn't work out, I see. Like Frank, did he wait? You're, did, you're smoking. Did he take a hit of weed after that? Probably. Oh wow. Um, Welker had previously provided the voice screams only for Spock in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, which Lilith Nimoy appeared and directed. Wait, what? He's been his voice dude. He did his voice screams. He did his scream voiceover in The Search for Spock. This is really getting crazy. So they just loop that he does his work. Uh, Spike was originally intended to be absent from this movie, along with other uh, former human characters. Um, in the finished script, he received a crucial but um, small role. Hmm. Because he's barely in the movie. He's in the first season. He's like the main guy. He doesn't really have the kid. The kid's a new character, I think. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. In early scripts, oh, this is kind of cool. A dragon-based Autobot combiner, this is going to be another thing you'll be tight about, would have fought Devastator. In a finished story, we never get to see it, uh, which, led to, which led to Devastator's defeat. So, you know, this brings me to think, since you said dinosaurs, it brings me to think about Grimlock. And, you know, I will say that one of the things that this movie does differently than a lot of other kind of adventure stories, whenever you hear some character that's like, you know, me Grimlock love challenge or whatever he was saying, yeah, like yeah. me Grimlock King, they're never the good guys. They're like, always dumb. They're always dumb, but they're also always the bad guys like on He-Man or any of those, like none of those people are ever good. Me monkey man, me kill Adam. <laughs> it's like, who's voicing this person? I, I need to check this. I need to talk to ACLU. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, Beastman, Merman, like these are not good guys. So this was an exception because I remember being confused by that where I was just like, wait, is Grimlock a villain or what's happening? This is an interesting rumor that's floating around, that was floating around, but it was confirmed by the um, by Susan Blue, who's the voice of RC. Mm-hmm. So because Orson Welles died in 85, they said that Leonard Nimoy finished his voiceover work for him for Unicron. So that they, apparently that was unfounded, but that was a rumor that was floating around. So theoretically, you have Leonard Nimoy talking to Leonard Nimoy 
at one point in a movie. Okay, you know, and I know this sounds super fake, like when one of your friends or something is just like, oh, yeah, I've been knew that. And you're like, really? Then why haven't you said it in the last 15 years we've been friends? Well, but I did kind of feel like he sounded like him. <laughs> I, I did, where I was like, wait, who's speaking? Is that Leonard Nimoy or is that Unicron? Okay. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. What? Um, in many of the second season characters, these names are not good. How do you, I don't I can't conceive of Transformer seasons like the Stunticons and the Aerobots. That sounds terrible. Uh, did not appear in a movie because they did not exist at the time the movie was written. However, most of them suddenly appear in post uh, in post movie episodes. So it's like because remember at the end it's like the Great Cybertronian War is over and it's right like, and they have this whole Ewok party at the end. Yeah, and if Cybertron is destroyed, where the fuck are these other Transformers coming from? Y'all making them? <laughs> There's only one woman Transformer there, so ain't enough energon in the world. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. Transformers because Birth or whatever. That sounds a lot like Smurf Village. I'm it, gonna leave that alone. It's, it's not great. Um, some movie characters have um, very short um, uh, cameos: Huffer, Hound, Sunstreaker, Snarl. I can see why those names are terrible. They're bad. Let's see. I want to get some some of the juicier ones. So there was a um, a Unicron toy that what that was um, not released until 2003. So we're talking 17 years after the, the film. So there was never a Unicron toy until 2003. Is it huge? Is it like the size of the Death Star? Um, it was it was pretty big, but the arms and legs were flimsy and couldn't support the weight of the rest of it. Well, that's not good enough. It's just a design flaw. You need to work better. I mean, I'm sure somebody on Etsy has built this thing, right? Yeah, I yeah. would. And <laughs> just painted it. And it's like this toy. That's is a, a little... <laughs> sculpture. I want to yeah. play with it. Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. Story editor Flint Dilly once described the movie script as a Frankenstein of different drafts and ideas of different people. Do you feel like you can tell? Yes. Like, okay. Because um, because of how how many hastily and incoherent rewrites are going in production. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because it's it, because it's like three different episodes or four different episodes. Like, I would probably take out the junk planet thing. I didn't like it. That part was weird. And okay, so. I know that I just watched it, but remind me. Okay, so there's this part when what's the kid's name again? Um, I think Wheeling. Sure, and then he's fishing with. Oh no, you're talking Danny, Dan. the actual kid. Yeah, Dano. Danny. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then he is fishing with. Hot Rod. Hot Rod. Okay. Wide riding style, Dano. That to me was like the most anime thing that happened. That was fire because they're, the they're running. Because they're running. Because it it just it felt like a really you know just anime just can be so weird. You just have to accept certain things. You're doing some mundane bullshit. The idea that it's like a boy and a robot are fishing together. Like, are there are the fish going to be robotic? Is it going to be real fish? Do the fish eat robot? like. It was, yeah. Or, oh, I'm sorry, the robots eat fish. Eat fish, yeah. 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 So, the, I don't, I just, I thought that part was really cool because it was, like, completely unnecessary, but also was, like, yeah. It, I feel like it helped, it, it helps indoctrinate people into kind of that, like, Japanese-style storytelling. Let me be douchebag. I hate Rodimus Prime real quick, even okay. though I don't. He's the first person you first robot you. Well, no, he's not technically. He he's framed like he's the first robot that you're seeing. He mm -hmm. actually might be the first void. I don't know. It's weird how it's positioned because they're Autobots that are killed on the ship, but he's he's pretty much kind of your avatar, and he's the last person you see and the most prominent person you see in the beginning of the movie. So in the last shot, the Cybertronian wars are over, and then in the first shot, hey Dano, let's ride in style, baby. So you kind of get him as 
he he's like your leading man for for animation. You know, something just occurred to me where when you were you've been talking about <laughs> the Frankenstein script, yeah. and then this essentially being three or four Transformer episodes put together. You know, this is really like this is probably something that's like part of the the action movie DNA. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think if you looked at your typical action movie, it's probably the same thing. Like if there was like a What's a show that's on TV now that's, like, really, like, an action show? Are there action shows on TV? Not really. They're all, like, procedurals. Okay. So let's be funny and say, like, Equalizer. Don't start. Well, you're okay. messing with the queen. <laughs> so <laughs> say that there's an Equalizer movie. It's not going to be good. Essentially, it's going to be three episodes, right? Yeah. It would be-, be three episodes of, like, the Equalizer. It would be, like, the human part where she's, like, talking to her kid and, like, hanging out with, like, Chris Noth or whatever. And then there would be, like, the part where she's supposed to, like, go, you know, she's dealing with the bad guys. And there's the part where she thinks she's going to lose the movie. But, of course, she wins because she's Queen Latifah. So, like, I think, yeah, I mean, this is, this movie, I feel like, follows, like, the action movie that's legit. Yeah. Format, which I have to confess, a lot of times I have trouble following. I'm really not that good at that. Like when Robert and I are watching movies together, dear listeners, I'll be sitting there like, okay, where are they going? Because there'll be this whole conversation that happened and they'll be like, yeah, we're going down to the, you know, docks to meet up with Carmine or whatever. And I'm just like, wait, where did Carmine. they say we were going? And then Robert will be like, remember, they said we were going out of the docks to meet up with Carmine. And then you didn't see him except for two seconds at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah. To me, Transformers is a lot like that. We're going to go see Escovito. He's Carmine's cousin. I'm, I don't I'm, know. I'm wait. If it was one of those 80s, because it came up, because this came out the same year as Miami Vice, I believe, this, this, uh, the cartoon, right? Okay. Just imagine if there was some, like, Cuban Autobots. They're just drug dealers. I don't, <laughs> it's I just don't sitting think, in Miami Vice. Well, right. It's like, I don't know that they, they can't do that, but they could. Everything I mean, is pastel. They could probably have done anything. Oh, that would have been cool. Uh-huh, like Optimus Prime is like Sonny Crockett. bots. I would have totally, I would have totally gone for that. That means jazz has to be uh, tubs. Yes, a hundred percent. This is getting kind of racist. No, this is. I like this. This is good. <laughs> so that means Megatron is Calderon. Yo. <laughs> See, I couldn't even do that translation. This type of action movie math. <laughs> this works. I can't do it in my head. I can't yeah, do man. it over here at the docks, man. Hot rod. Yeah, baby. Uh, <laughs> it's like he's on CI. <laughs> People would have absolutely watched that. People He's a Cybertronian informant. That. I'm done. I'm done. That's a CI. You're pretending to be finished. You're not. It's going to come up again. At around 36 minutes, Spike originally said, oh, shit, what are we going to do now? In the theatrical version of Bumblebee, realized that uh, blowing at the planet did not affect Unicron. No, I remember that. Me and my friends were like, what? Did he so, curse? So, oh, shit had been put in the theatrical version to guarantee a PG rating as G-rated movies could not be played during the day as PG. PG-13 are an, or R-rated movies back then. However, the line has been taken out in the VHS release during the uh, in, until the Rhino re-release in 2000. So, it was slight changes to the um, voice work. So, it's not in the movie anymore? Um, it depends on which version you got. Hmm. So, like, I watched mine's, like, online or what have you, so I think I had, like, a triple OG version, but that version I have over there, he doesn't say it in it. We definitely had the OG version, because I remember my friends and I looking at each other like, wait a minute, because we had no idea. We had heard rumors, because we were also huge fans of, um, 
Battle of the Planets. Yeah. And we had heard that there were these versions where like Princess and whoever, Jason or whatever the other character's name was, were like having sex and there's cursing. And yeah, we were baby. Just, we were like, listen, we're going to search the West Village every store until we find this. Take your beak off, baby. Let's do it. Oh, that didn't happen. Orson Welles was said to have hated the movie. When asked about the role, <laughs> I love that he could not only he he could not remember the car, his character's name, but described as yeah, I'm a big toy who attacks a bunch of smaller toys. Well, again, it's not inaccurate though. <laughs> it's great though. And that story about him eating everything on set, it's like you don't belong here today. You're not working. <laughs> I was not going to repeat that. Well, R.I.P. Yes. Well, it's. 30 years, well, 36 <laughs> years later, so shocker. Uh, uh, let's see, let's see. Um, no, that's terrible. So the original demands of the Transformers storyline the cart- in cartoon series that there were no female Transformers that could appear, sexist, uh, the toys were marketed strictly towards boys. However, writer Ron Friedman Ooh. fought hard to include female robots in the Transformers lore as his daughter was a huge fan of the franchise. See? Um, this led to the creation of RC, a female Autobot debuting in the movie, as well as another a, a number of uh, other uh, female characters during season two. Ironically, despite being the movie's feature character, no toys of RC were produced until and during the entirety of the original Transformers line. Double boo. Though at least one rejected prototype was designed, RC became the most famous female character in the Transformers brand, and numerous incarn- incarnations of her appear in various cartoons, comics, and toy lines, um, but only in 2014. Whew. I saw um, the actress that voices her. She was like really cool. I mm-hmm. you now watched some Susan Blue. short documentary about Transformers and her talking about her character. And, you know, it was it was cool. This is not good right here. This next line. Uh oh. The Matrix of Leadership never came up in earlier drafts of the script, yet it is a major driving force of the plot. It's usually a bad sign. Because it wasn't called that. It was called the All Spark. The All Spark. And that really confused me, too, because, you know, when you, I mean, I actually think it's kind of a fun part of the way that, like, mm-hmm. cartoons and childhood and comic books used to be, is you have, like, little scraps of knowledge. So, you know, Dungeons and Dragons style, you and your friends get together and you kind of put it together. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I remember being confused by that, where I'm just like, wait, isn't it the All Spark? I'm like, wait, the Matrix of Leadership, is that an upgrade? So... I'm going to sing a few bars of this. What are you going to sing? Is and it I, going to be one of the? Is it going to be one of the Vince DiCola songs? What is it? Of course, it is Stan Bush songs. Okay. You got the touch. <laughs> <laughs> so that movie, that, that song, um, was inspired um, by a line from Iron Eagle, also 1986, and was originally written for what Stallone action movie from 1986. His name is ridiculous, and it's kind of the title of the movie. Another quiz. He's wearing all black on the cover, sunglasses. Ketchup is a thing in the movie. What? Cobra. This Ugh. this song was for Cobra. So okay. you got the touch playing in Cobra. Okay. I mean, that probably makes more sense, I guess. It but does not work. You know what? None of the music in this movie should work, but for some reason, it does. The, the, that one rock and roll song when you're in a um, shark planet, and I was like, okay, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. That's just like metal. And I was like, let's get it. It does lean it. It does lean away from arena rock into metal at some points. Yeah. So Cliff Jumper, <laughs> this is great. Um, uh, Prom orders Cliff Jumper. And this is like the first five minutes of the movie. Uh, commence countdown. Clint's Cliff Jumper is voiced by Casey Kasem. 
Yes. Who would do the countdowns of the top 40. Yes. And he, now that's, remember when I was like, oh, there's probably like eight people who are voice actors. Like, I definitely remember him being a voice actor. Now, would he have, if he was, because he's not alive anymore, uh, would he use that in the top 40? Like, does Peter Cullen commence countdown? I think so. Because he used to, he was, I used to listen to that countdown every week. It was, he used to have fun with it. Absolutely. Uh, da, 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 da. So the sound of Galvatron's like arm-mounted laser cannon firing is a modified version of Megatron's fusion cannon. So they're essentially just taking and just upgrading what's already there for this character. That might be a, a bit of an issue. It's like you didn't make a new character. You just shifted. An that old sounds character. a lot like what they talked about in the toys that made us in He-Man, where they were just like, "Eh, we're just going to take this thing that didn't work from Lockjaw and give it to somebody else." Right. Uh, writer Ron Friedman has said his favorite characters to write were Optimus Prime, Cup, and Starscream. His least favorite was Wheelie, who he called a pain in the ass. Wow. Who, and he's barely in the movie. Well, that tells you. I don't find my blah, blah. Don't tell me writers don't have any power. Right. Uh, in the Japanese trailer of the film, the footage of Galvatron during the transformation of Unicron is slightly different. Instead of Unicron dropping Galvatron in his mouth, which is hilarious, he falls down a trap door on Galvatron in the, in the scene where Cup tells the Dinobots the story about uh, the, 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 the thick dust of Alpha 9. You love these stories. It's also different. Because, I mean, let's face it, Cup is your dad, basically. And the footage is shown. They cut that out of the movie, by the way. So the Alpha 9 footage is actually in the trailer. Oh, my. The oh, Japanese I, trailer. Really? Yeah. So it's like a whole flashback when he's like, when I'm back in Nam. Yeah, long hair, like long robot hair. <laughs> when I was in country. People right. are like, what are you talking you about? You see his hat? It's like, that is a crown. <laughs> Grimlock love stories. It's not, it's, not, it's not good. It's not what you want. <laughs> We have a few more before we get into um, kind of some other observations here. Yes. Because I don't want to belabor it with this. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. The touch. Da, da. Triple changers. So uh, two things that Ron Freeman fought for was obviously, obviously, and having the Transformers interact with the humans, Spike and his son, Daniel. So he's like, you got to have a human thing. You got to have a human connection. That's how you buy into. It's like, like. That's what fucking Michael Bay utilized in those later movies. Like, neither, like, Shia LaBeouf is not a wit wiki. He's a different dude, right? But he's part of, he's inextricably connected to these Transformers. So in those later movies, when Shia LaBeouf is not in it, I don't know if they were received the same way as, as the movies that he was in. That's a good point. So when you bring in, like, yeah, you know what? Let's keep Josh DeMel and bring in Mark Wahlberg to replace Shia. doesn't work. <laughs> a weird replacement anyway yeah. yeah and suddenly you know the knights at the round table they were actually transformers don't start with me you know movie. how i feel about king arthur the last night of it's not good let's see uh terrible what the unicron's theme is similar to this is for me i want you to know this it's similar to drago's theme from rocky four yeah because he scored that movie also yes so this is specifically for me I'm gonna. I'll let you have that. I'm. I'm really Got happy that that pleases you. Reference. I'm gonna. Oh wait, I have to tell them. Yeah. So Robert and I have this list of movies, which we kind of need to get back to this. We've been yeah. watching a lot of television. Mm -hmm. We have a list of movies that we basically trade. So it's a movie that the other one hasn't seen, but we want them to see. But in order to get them to watch it, we have to then agree to watch one of their movies. So the movies that we traded were Rocky Four and The Wiz. So I don't think that 
you know, it doesn't take much guesswork to see whose movie was whose. But the best part was that they had the same terrible Rotten Tomatoes score. It was yes. like 23% or it's something. It's <laughs> They're also, like, the whiz is probably twice as long. It is. <laughs> uh, so The Touch is another factoid about The Touch. Yes. So this is a movie that we both have seen, I think. The Touch is played during the montage at around the 19-minute mark. And it's also one of Dirt Diggler's singles from Boogie Nights. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And it's played by Mark Wahlberg in when he plays uh, Cade Yeager in Transformers Age of Extinction. The Age of Extinction. So it's in a live action Transformers movie as well. I will stab you that you actually said his character name What's and that it's ridiculous. Cade Yeager? Stop it. Uh, so Rotten Tomatoes, right? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes reports a 63% and 20 uh, surveyed critics gave this film a positive review. 5.5 um, uh, on IMDb.com. The website consensus reads a surprisingly dark, emotional, and almost excessively cynical experience for Transformers fans. Did you feel like it was super cynical? No, actually. I mean, how could a robot universe be, like, positive? I mean, I don't... <laughs> it's saying something. But, uh, but I mean, yeah, we are we are going to have to talk about the death of Optimus Prime, obviously. Yeah, two, la two last things, and then yeah. we'll get to these observations and that. Jo John uh, Machida Jr., he's the fast-talking robot. Oh, yeah. The machines dude. He, he's the one that says, Orson Welles was eating everything at the buffet table while recording for the movie. Oh, my God. He's like, he's eating so fast. I don't understand why he's eating so fast. He's just eating everything. I am not going to talk about this. Astro Train. You remember this. Uh, oh, they're purple, right? Yes. Okay. That's, the, that's just the soul train. This is what I'm saying. Is this not the vehicle that like Spike Lee and like Sam Jackson should take together to go to the Oscars? Stop it. That was my observation. Uh, complains about having too much weight. That's why niggas got dropped, right? Like, like get off the plane, uh, get off the train. Yeah, money train is coming. You're off of here, uh, Megatron. It would be impossible because they're in space, so they have no weight. This is a this is fair. Yes. This is a science plot point. It's like I understand this is science fiction. The science has not come in yet. <laughs> the fiction came in first. The science the fiction fiction was had a dinner party that science wasn't invited to. They didn't get the email. Uh, yeah, clearly. So let's let's talk about. Um, observations and we can kind of work in our favorite scenes or most important scenes I guess in the movie and then we can we can wrap it up. All right, let's let's start it let's start where we have to start. Let's start with the death of Optimus Prime. I, had, I, had you ever seen a cartoon character that was not a Disney parent die? Um so no. Uh I I will say like the timing of when I watched this it was probably after I saw the, the GI Joe movie. Did somebody die in G.I. Joe? Um, so they didn't kill off Duke because of how Optimus Prime died was received. Get out of here. They I didn't know that. Coma, but they killed off a lot of other guys. Okay. So I'm like, yo, why is all these, these G.I. Joe diggers dying? And I was like, it's war. <laughs> <laughs> but so when I seen Transformers, and like I said before, uh, when we talked about this movie a little bit, I was like, this is how I perceive death now, the way Optimus Prime dies. It's just we all turn gray. We lose our vibrancy. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That was... We're a shell. That, too. But I'll throw this in there. How does Optim uh, like Ultra Magnus get to live longer, though? Fuck that. Yeah, that just seemed... It's it's like, hmm, seems fake. It's almost like in Avatar. Remember the first time they try to, like, use their spiritual mystic powers to animate one of the Avatar bodies with, like, the human mind? So they try to do that with... Um, 
Oh, what's her name? His character. What's Horror? the um I never watched Avatar. Oh, okay. He's like, yeah, well, I can't help you with this because I did not see that. Anime. Sigourney Weaver. Uh, oh, you, okay, got it. So, so I did see that. I thought, you, I thought you were talking about the cartoon. I was like, hmm? Avatar cartoon? No. So Sigourney Weaver's character, yeah, so remember? Yeah, they yeah. tried to use the mystical tree to like revive her, but like it doesn't work. But magically, when they did it at the end of the movie, it worked for like the hero. You were just like, seems fake. She's too old. Kangaroo body lady die. Oh my God, shut That's up. That's how they were talking. You know, oh, Jake Sully. That whole thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that. Look, is that not what someone, is that what Sandana was doing? It was a little more refined. Yeah, I don't think it was. <laughs> I, I listened. I, I watched that movie. I've been waiting for thirteen. I've been waiting as long as I've been a podcaster for the sequel. <laughs> it's coming. They're working on it. They're 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 working on it. the pandemic. You know, it's just different things. When the second one comes out, I'll stop podcasting. <laughs> what? What happened in between Avatar and Avatar Two? Rob Lee podcasting. There have been, and when you think about how many other sequels there are that there haven't been that, and I'm not saying that it was as good or expensive or culturally relevant, but think about how many properties related to I Know What You Did Last Summer there have been since the first one. How was many created. reboots have there been? <laughs> Like, yeah, There's people have died. Seven final destinations, but no avatar. Anyway, so yeah, Optimus Prime. Okay, so I do remember being shocked of just mm-hmm. being like, wait, what? There's going to be a death in this? Mm-hmm. film um yeah so i i understand why it affected people so deeply it was very unexpected now the question i have did they lube us up for that though did they lube us because if you look at like the the sheer fact that these unnamed robots on the spaceship get blicked off first yeah because that's their transfer of power it's just like well we have a new king now get off the ship <laughs> well, not, well not even that when they're coming when they're doing the invasion oh yeah okay because mm-hmm. they are like, like a whole plane of autobots are massacred He's like, yeah, put the cloaking device down. We're going to jam that shit. One dude gets shot, and you see his life leave his body, and just go, his eyes just go black. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And then when they're sending out the signal, the Casey Kasem signal, he's like, yeah, jam that shit. And prom, we got a blah, blah. He gets shot in the face. That's all before we even get down to touchdown on Earth. Yeah, so that there is, I guess that is sort of the the thing that lets you know this can happen. And, but I think the fact that it happens within like the first 20 minutes. True. Setting the stage. But I will say this. Optimus Prime comes in there like a G. He they does. are massacring the Autobots. They had to transform Autobot City into a robot and it still wasn't working. You got bug niggas kind of coming in and getting run over. <laughs> when he ran over that bug's head, I was like... And it's like, you hear, it's like, oh, shit, Prime is here. You got the touch. Yeah. He just rolls in there and running over people. No, I mean, it was pretty much like Omar coming. It was like, yeah. And then the the animation is very good when he's in it. And then it goes downhill afterwards. Well, you can see where the artist wanted to put all their effort. Because I feel like that was a different movie. I feel like, like, that was just, here's the anime. I feel like some people quit by the end. Um, They quit by the middle. (laughs) It's like. Weird Alice on the soundtrack? I don't know, yeah, I don't know about that. Re- reverse robot pirate talk? These are like the Buccaneers logo from like the 80s? Tom Brady's here? Some I, people rolled out. When he flipped out of his friggin' like uh, back like portion and started blicking off dudes while doing a cartwheel in midair. It's like, pretty great. Yeah, that's my Optimus Prime right there. What's your favorite? Okay, so two things. Okay. Is there... Is there like a, a standard transforming sequence? Meaning, does each character transform the same way each time that they do it? And then what's your favorite transformation? Um, 
I, I think this movie had the introduction of like the triple changers. So mm-hmm. like, you, you probably don't remember him as well, but he pops because he's the green guy, um, sprint, a sprinter. He turns into a car and a helicopter. Mm, so yes. those transformations are a little different. I think Prom just has to clean this one though. Okay. It's like he just goes into like a downward dog. Here's my chest, legs, and then out of nowhere, like a samurai, his like trailer just attaches. It's like where did, where it come did that come from? from? Right. And it's like, can it be a bazooka or something? Like the, so- <laughs> the, the sheer size manipulations of Transformers, because Megatron is pretty good too. It's like, how do you get so small? Yeah, it is. That is interesting because it's almost like. Almost like a mutant, like, uh, you know, like the Hulk or something, you Mm -hmm. know, where it's like, yeah, you can, a lot of different superheroes, they may have costumes, they may have different powers, but it's just like being able to compact yourself into different things. Like, yeah, I don't think that people are are doing that. Hence, he can only be held, Megatron, by another Autobot, because if he transformed, and I'm sure there's an episode, if he transformed and a person held him and shot him, it was like, nah, 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 that's, he too heavy. Mm, that's true. It's a good point. Because Starscream, he's the one that's pulling his trigger. That sounds sexual. But is that not what's happening? I didn't deny that. I'm just saying it sounds sexual. I think they just had a lover's quarrel. Maybe. Because... Not a lot of romance in Transformers, is there? I think they're a love story in the movie. <laughs> okay. So it's like he's like, you're, you're dismissing it? Okay, maybe yeah. I, I, I could be missing something. He's like, mm, you know... <laughs> oh, boy. If he would have met, met Unicron, that would be his, like... You know, daddy, or whatever, that kind of energy. Well, yeah, there, there's definitely that energy there. Sexuality is a robot spectrum. Okay. Who, what's your favorite transformation? Sexuality is a robot spectrum. It's stupid. It's not really... It's not really any one character. It's more like, I just love when transformation, transformations happen in midair. <laughs> when it's like, you know, oh, the car is like, or the thing is flying off... You know, jumping off a cliff and then like turns into yeah. the car, like that's, that's my favorite thing that happens. I mean, Prime does the one. Yeah. Like, but he he comes out. He doesn't transform into a truck. He comes out of being a truck. So this motherfucker did a running start from the other side. He's like, yeah, I know y'all get shot. Wait till I get over there. Y'all, <laughs> y'all get fucked up. Wait till, wait till I get over there. Hold on, I gotta. I gotta I'm coming some, over there. I gotta put some diesel fuel on me first. <laughs> I'll be over there. Energon ain't what it used to be. Right. Just like, wait, what happened to the Energon? It's gone. Also, the Transformers that hang out on Earth. I need more explanation of that. Well, I, I think because they have Cybertron, um, or Autobot City, rather, it's like they are hunting for, I would imagine, because I, I don't remember the cartoon and where they were at, but I think they're looking for other people who left Cybertron. Okay. So that's so I think home base is Earth, but the ones that are like exploring space are like looking for other Autobots. I guess that's what's happening. Okay, that's it, fair. Because you have like lesser niggas like down there. It's like, yeah, I got a uh, Jeepacon here. Well, see, that's what I mean. Like, it kind of does seem like, you know, the B team gets the the interns of the office (laughs) it's just like can you just run autobot city it's really easy get my energon coffee punk (laughs) it's just like a whole city of that yes okay and also i want you to tell me why you don't like the shark planet i'm really curious about this i hate squid squid nigga okay he's like you've lost and then you have a mini fate manny faces he does judge. look like Manny Faces. And is it supposed to represent, like, corrupt society? You know me. You know I have to over-intellectualize everything. Well, that's, the, that's the cynical part about it. It is. Okay. Um, because it, it, it does do the thing where Cup is like, oh, things are going to clean up on this planet very quickly. When the um, when the Sharktacons got out. Yeah. Um, it was funny, the international greeting. Grana, we, Ninny Bob, something. See, you're talking about me remembering things. 
I, I just like like Optimus Prime dying is number one for me in terms of the saddest thing but the dude the last survivor of his planet getting eaten that was also pretty fucking rough that was rough I was Did- like yo what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Right. No, I'm seeing it in my head now. He was like Guinan on Star Trek. Yeah. It's like the last one. And it was just like, yeah, forget it. He's a waiter nigga, though. Because he had the mustache. He had a little French mustache. He did. He was a very interesting looking creature. But oh, well. Because um, it's like, so that was a different planet. It wasn't like right. Cybertron. So it's like another robot planet out yeah. there. Yeah. And that confused me, too. Because I was like, oh, wait, this is just where they're doing the thing where they're like here see what this thing is capable of Mm -hmm. but not actually with any characters that we're going to spend time with later yeah we're killing him off immediately uh right the the other thing um that it's one thing i did like on the planet when they kind of do the whirlpool thing but the sheer number of the the shark decarns like didn't make sense to me it's like all right when the cup and hot rod kind of whirlpool these niggas out of there (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) and then the dinobots get there and then you know whatever it's like millions of them at one point i was like are these ants like why are there so many of them when they start coming out of the the tub or whatever they're in well i mean shark decons let's face it somebody was sitting in their office and being like i it was their mission you know that person that has one idea and they keep just bringing it up at like every meeting no matter what the topic is somebody was like i'm gonna find a way for there to be a shark transformer and then finally they got their shot you know what they really were though what they were piranha bots. They weren't sharks. I feel like sharks have to be bigger. Piranha bots. Because okay. their their approach is that like a piranha, they do a frenzy. Sharks don't do that. Hmm. But for posterity's sake and for kids, yeah, sharks make sense, right? They were piranha. Because look at the teeth. Yeah, nobody, they don't have piranha week on Nat Geo. You yeah, know I mean, what I mean? So, I mean, I'm, they piranha bots to me. I'm showing the Japanese dub. They're called uh, Piranha-san or something like that. I don't think so. How you know? You, I don't. You I, didn't know about the other trailer. I didn't know about the other trailer. See, see, I'm tapped in. Well, I have to be, you know, I have to tone it down in terms of... All Spark of Powers, right here. I'm not going to tell you where he's pointing. Anyway. Uh, cool. Uh, hmm. I got... So, what, you have anything else before I get into some observations? No, you go ahead. Observation number one. Okay. These are not great. Oh, okay. These are these are funny, but not great. Okay. Unicron looks a lot like a unicorn. Is a lot like a unicorn, and he also looks like a butthole. There was that vibe, and here's what I was wondering. I was wondering if the possibility that the artist was <laughs> influenced by Dune. So, That's fair. you know what I mean? Of mm-hmm. kind of like the sandworm. I mean, the way that it's described in the book is kind of, I mean, it doesn't say like it looks like a cat's butthole, but it's kind of what you're thinking. One could also say he looks like an eye. Right. An all seeing. And then he loses both of his eyes. See, hotels. Yeah, brother, sister, ma'am. Here's the thing, sister Unicron. He didn't see his foresight. It was behind him. It was behind sight. Oh, oh boy. The like, Sankofa bird that's always looking behind. Optimus Koofy. <gasps> oh, no. That's, that's gold. That's gold, actually. Oh, boy. Uh, so the Decepticons won the Cybertronian War. I like how Rodimus Prime, like, yeah, the Cybertronian War is over. I was like, you niggas lost in the beginning <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> like, what they said, but like, it's we over ran. now. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, again, Star Wars, where it's just like, okay, the Empire Strikes Back is pretty much the Empire winning. Like. Yes. And uh, it's like, oh, so the Autobots is just white people, right? In that it's like we're gonna rechange history real quick. Yeah, you see how we want we still standing, ain't we? It's like I don't think you won. Yeah, like there's still Decepticons out there. Right. 
Some of them dipped. Yeah, you didn't get them all. Um, Unicron is, is okay, question. Is he more like Thanos or Galactus? <sighs> I knew you were going to ask me this. You, you, the answer is pretty simple, I think, though. Oh, no, don't say that because I'm going to pick the wrong thing. Just pick one. No. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Galactus. Yes. Okay. Galactus is a planet eater. Thanos just wants balance. Unicron just wants to eat. I don't like the way, that kind of sounded like you were defending Thanos' position. Well, I, I believe in Thanos. Oh, boy. I, I'm let's, voting for Let's keep going. Uh, most traumatic death scene, um, aside from Prime. I got this wrong because it's not, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in there, like, mustache nigga. Yeah. yeah when he got uh, shocked out. I I think that's the worst one. Starscream. Mm-hmm. His, his was not, because he got disintegrated. So, okay. But he kind of deserved it, too. He got, <laughs> this nigga got blicked into dust. He was like, yeah, want to see? Blam. I was like, oh, shit. I'm, I hope that you listeners are observing Robert's take on justice. And he stepped on his crown, which was also a sign of, nigga, fuck your shit. That's always good. Um, this one is fake. Uh, Ultra Magnus. Him dying was fucked up, but then they brought him back, which was kind of cheap. It was fake. Yeah, it kind of felt like that fake Chewbacca death or whatever. It was fake. Fart yeah. on it. That's my transformer. That's my transformer sign. When he, or how about this? How about this? Strike that. All of the junk niggas, they got destroyed by. That was bad. I was like, I didn't even get an on-screen death. It was just this twisting Twizzler plane that you niggas is in. Just crunch. Bye. Bye. Or would it be Unicron? His is not great. He rips off his own leg, and then his head is just floating in space. That, okay, his head floating in space, I was like, that is a very, very dark image. Yes. Yeah. And. Okay, that one wins. Yeah, that's that's a bad one. Even though this thing was eating everything, but he's just hungry. You know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. The unseen deaths, right? So, like, when we're inside Unicron, and then niggas are being boiled down to Inicron, uh, the Energon juice. Yeah. That's rough. It is when, rough. When uh, when uh, Spike is like, Daddy, hurry the fuck up. <laughs> right? Because you know how it is when it's like, okay, so there's like some entity that's like eating everybody. Mm-hmm. And then you know how like with Jaws, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't see everything until much later. Yeah. And you know, there's all this mythology around how that happens and the fake shark and all this other stuff. So, but you know that eventually you're going to see it. Yeah, so yeah. that's the thing. It's like you see things getting eaten, getting eaten, and you're like, this is far more terrible than I probably realized. And his means of controlling you, because what he did to um, to Galvatron, he's like, yeah, I'm going to eat you. That was bad. Also, Galvatron is super niggery. Why did he turn the, the Allspark into like a Jesus piece? Well. Because he's wearing it, and I'm saying. What did you expect? What is he supposed to wear to the Source Awards? Inside Galvatron? I mean, inside Unicron? <laughs> Uh, like, yeah, we have your soul to It's like, you don't know. We in a kneecap. Like, you don't know. I mean, so how does he get rid of his waste, though? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just, I just run it. It's fine. It's like gasoline. I don't know. It's just, see, here's the thing Unicron's not green. You know what I mean? His energy, his carbon footprint in space, it's not great. I think it's pretty bad. Yeah, I think it's pretty bad. Favorite Transformers. Favorite Transformer, either in this movie or overall? Bumblebee. That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, as much as I hate him. You know what? Strike that. I'm going to go top tier. I'm, I'm such a problem. That's fair. I could have went Decepticon. I was going to go so Megatron. So typical. I almost went Megatron. I mean, 
I do have to talk about my love of Decepticons, though. First of all, their name is awesome. Also, as you know, there was a very prominent street gang that were called Decepticons in New York. And it was like... Get on the train? (laughs) Well, I mean, there's really no way that you could deny, like, what a great name that was. It's a great one. Autobot's kind of trash. It's like, all of y'all cars and shit? All right. It's Yeah, Autobot's is... It's not a great name. Cool. It's kind of whack. Yeah, didn't do too much work. Which, Which was first, Decepts or Autobot's? Decepticons. Alright then. And it just reminds us that GoBots were first before Transformers. If they tried to mirror it and say, yeah, they're the truth bots, I'm like, whoa, whoa. Now that you're really going into Hotep area doubt. <laughs> uh let's see, let's see. Um strong start to the movie, as I said, it's like we kind of get where we're going at. Um Prime makes the best interest I can think of. Yes, he does. It's a great uh, entrance. I like how the Decepticons conveniently gave up when Prom appeared. Um, when Prom <laughs> appeared to be, more, he, he he appeared to be mortally injured. It's like, yeah, now it's time to leave. It's like, no, it's time to finish him off. <laughs> um, in the beginning, when Prime dies, it's foreshadowing. Um, well, when, when he's dying, Rod, Rod, Hot Rod catches the allspark when it falls out of Prime's hand. He's the person that catches it. Right. So it's like, all right, motherfucker. Yeah, you're not getting this, though. Eh. Well, he does, so. He does, but it's like, it's one of those things that's like, I don't know, you always have this feeling of just like, you're not going to be Optimus Prime. Like, that's what I mean. Like, Optimus. You might have the matrix of leadership, but you're not Prime. It's like, yeah, you're a paper champion. I just hear like uh, Mr. T from Rocky Three talking. Yeah, paper champion. How about, yeah. you, how about your wife come over here and talk to a real man? Wow. That's what he said to him to get him out of retirement. So Now, I, I, now I'm trying to see what you really like about these movies. Oh, shit talking. I, I feel like that's what happens, though. Because like, I think they didn't really do that. Because when the closest thing to shit talking was when uh, Megatron was like, yeah, Prime's dead. Ultra Magnus dead. Now you. <laughs> if he would have said. Dutta Man dead. Yo. Keisha dead. Stop. RC dead. It's like, she's alive. <laughs> she won't be. Like, all right, piece of shit. Um, Prime's death is obviously, as I said before. Uh, I like how wild it is that recasting for Galvatron is in the middle of the movie. Um, Galvatron pulled up on Star Screen's, like, a kingdom, like Marlowe from The Wire. It's like, yeah, the prices of a brick just went up. You dying first, though. Right. And he was like, y'all trying to get down to lay down. That was how he brought in everyone because your man's old, uh, 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 what is it, um, Soundwave, he was like, hey, look, get me Soundwave, don't leave me here, yeah, as you command. <laughs> but then he turned, he was like, well, we, yeah, we can't get there if this, this, this train don't keep moving right. <laughs> the soul train? I mean, I can get rid of my cassette, my cassette tapes, but I need them. They my niggas. They my little guys. You know look. what? You broken Megatron. Get out of here. <laughs> I agree with it. Yeah, hail to Starscream. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay, this is this is rough. Was Dano in Autobot, Autobot blackface when he wore Spike's old junk suit on the junk planet? When he gets the robot suit and turns to a car at one point? Mm, I think that, it's a fair question. Is that Autobot, Autobot blackface? I think that's a fair question. I mean, it's kind of cool, but it was like, yeah, you don't get it right, man. You can't walk or anything. And then friggin' Ultra Magnus comes there. Enough of this playing around. Let's figure out things on this planet. <laughs> I love that. I love when they start like they there's some really weird vocabulary where it's like at some point somebody says something like, you know, my circuits are sizzling, you know, and then like, That's you know, thing to say. and then something like, yeah, let's kick some deceptive chops or something like that. It's there's bad. there's a lot of that going on. Deceptive scum. <laughs> 
auto fools. <laughs> yes. That's, that's got an energy there? <laughs> Definitely happens. Okay. Yes. I, I love this. You'll, you'll like this. Mm-hmm. Prime left no instructions for the Matrix. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know what this is, right? I mean, pretty much. I mean, that thing could have been the friggin' cube from... Um, from what do you call Hell it? Razor and shit. Yeah, or what is it? The phantasm that has like that. It's like <laughs> could have been all the Autobots. What are you are unlocking dead. here? Right. But I, I feel like Prime was Steve Jobs. You figure it out. Uh yeah. Uh, the Jug Planet j- dancing was so fucking cringy. It was very cringy. They should take uh, Prime to the Junk Planet and see if he can be resurrected. Is a thought. That's a thought. Um, like I said, while well, y'all were trying to wear like a Jesus piece, the pirates got destroyed with no fanfare. It was just like, yeah, I know how they helped us and brought our second in command, who's now been relegated to intern nigga now. We don't care. Fuck him. Uh, and Unicron ripping off his leg. I was like, why did that happen? Yeah, it was kind of weird. I, was kinda, I don't know. So those are my observations. So I just think overall, like I felt like. One of the things that I didn't remember about the movie was just like every it seemed like every scene had like a really unexpected jolt of like energy or like something new. So it's like at some point, like Dano takes out some kind of compass iPhone. It all happens together. Oh, yeah, yeah, he like yeah. takes out some kind of compass iPhone type thing and then he like jumps on a hoverboard and like and the hoverboard breaks. It's like you are terrible. You can't <laughs> use shit. Can't walk in an Autobot suit or nothing. You're terrible. It just seemed, you know, I don't know. It just seemed like a, such an exciting world where it's like everywhere you turned, there was like something new that was going to happen or change into something else or was going to be used to do something. And I really liked that about it. And I did not remember that part about it at all. So it was like kind of unexpected. It, it kind of had like maybe, and maybe this is one of the reasons that I liked it when I was younger. It had sort of like a Batman type feel of like um we're just going to use technology for all these different things and you're never going to know you're going to see something and it's not even like they linger on it it's just like oh beep 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 they push some buttons and like Mm -hmm. go on to something else and you're like wow what the hell did that do i I think we got a lot of technology from the aliens because what i would have liked if it wasn't earth Mm -hmm. because my question is where are the people at did the autobots just say yeah we make them an energon so there's none left except for these two pets we have the witwickies because there are no earthlings there. Right. It's like, yo, you, you're still fish here, but no earthlings? <laughs> yeah, no, that that is, like I said, that whole anime scene. But yeah, that too, it's just like, they're still fish somehow. Just say we're in a different planet because you don't really care about it being kind of destroyed. And it's like, you niggas invaded and then made Autobot City. And it's like, yeah, no humans allowed. Sorry. Right. Um, and then I guess just the other observation that I had was, you know, kind of getting back to the music. Mm-hmm. I feel like that above all is what makes this like an 80s movie. Yes. You know, because to to put a positive spin on it, I really feel like the 1980s really respected the power of music. Mm-hmm. And um, I was listening to a podcast where they interview Wendy and Lisa recently, and they did, um, they have as a part of their discography, a lot of um film and television work and I remember I think it was Wendy that was talking about why theme songs were so important in the 80s and you know it's like you can see them you know on different channels or 
you know, reruns. And, you know, it really like primed you up for the show, like to mm-hmm. get excited about it. And I feel like this movie um, underscores that of just how um, how you can use music in a movie, why the 80s movies are what they are. When you say an 80s movie, what do you mean? Guaranteed there's going to be music in it. There's going to be some song. There's going to be some dance. There's going to be um you know, an entire sequence, you know, like it was just a huge part of that. And I, I love that it's like a part of this, a part of this movie, which is also kind of interesting to have something that's so human be a part of a huge part of a film that is essentially about robots. I'll, I'll be more targeted. And I agree exactly what you're saying. I'll be more targeted. And I think specifically the mid eighties. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Because I remember when uh, Greg and I did the Rocky um, uh, one and the Rocky four one and even listening to the rewatchables one, they're like, so what's your favorite part of this montage? Because that's what the movie is. It's just move. The music is so connected to each thing. You just watch every segment like it's a music video. Right. So like when there's no easy way out, like, oh, yeah, that's when uh, Creed gets killed and Rocky's like, I'm gonna take the fight. I'm gonna drive over there. It's kind of the same thing in this. And um, even Karate Kid. Yes. When you hear "You're the best around," no one didn't go take it down. <laughs> Look, but that, that those movies, respectively, were '84, '85, and Transformers in '86. Yes. It's just like right there that we got to get it out. And you know, so my mom and I may have mentioned this in a previous podcast. Um, my mom loves movies, and she also watches all of the credits, all of them. As, as she so there was no, we're gonna stand up and leave, and you know, hurry up or whatever. Plus, I think she also liked for like you know, people to leave the theater and kind of be out of her way. A hundred percent. My mom, you know, but also in a movie like this, and this is the way that she would explain it. She was like, it takes a lot of people to make a movie. And so this is the people that you've never heard of. You know, this is their chance to be seen, mm-hmm. you know? So you sit there and you wait for all their names to scroll by because, you know, they did all this work, but also a lot of times there's other songs and other music that plays as the credits roll. That's what you get from Ghostbusters from 1989 when he just goes full black in the credits. Spirit. No people fear it. No people fear it. Spirit. Some people just won't. It's like, that's not in the movie at all. Right. But people, I mean, you they associate that with, with the movie. And then it's just like, wait, this isn't even in the movie? Because I think even looking at the stuff from the 80s, like, you know, I know for me, and I reference Ghostbusters because, the Ghostbusters too, because me and Rudy would watch that so much, my parents would just put the tape on and let it run. They're doing something else. It's like, oh, movie's over. Right. It's like, so we would get the credits. You get that full experience. Right. <laughs> it was post credits before post credits, you know? Not to mention the wonderful, fantastic, very rocked out version of the Transformers theme song. And it's great. Transformers! And there's like a whole guitar in the background. <laughs> and some pretty hard drums too. Yes, the Autobots. Like, <laughs> like they do. Uh, we might have to. It's not as good, but we might have to do GI Joe because there is a part in it um, when Cobra's there and it's like flying through the sky. Cobra. They're singing to their own theme music. Get out of here! It's fire. That's but it great. Sounds like rock opera. It's uh, well. fire. Um, so I want to talk about before we wrap up here. Um, best music cue and favorite scenes. Oh my god, best music cue! I can throw mine out. You can let me. You know have if you're to because I'm like I didn't write any of that down. Well, you've already touched on it though. Okay, it's you that got intro- to touch. Mm. Absolutely, it's um dear actually. If you're gonna ride, Dano, ride in style. <laughs> 
the beginning when they're fishing, and it's like, yeah, Dano, you could ride in style. And then the music just kicks in after his fucking hoverboard like gets destroyed. <laughs> and it's like, that's not how it sounds, but it's close. But, you know, it's close enough. So that's, 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 that's one. Um, in terms of favorite scenes, I'm going to go with the movie intro. It's kind of funny. Hey, Ironhide, tell my son Daniel I miss him. And tell him not to worry. I'll be coming home as soon as we've kicked Megatron's tail across the galaxy. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm like sneaking ass Decepticons and they're like spying on them. Yes. It's like, yeah, y'all think you're good. Nah, y'all ain't. I'm gonna die. <laughs> wow. It's like when they, they, they intercept the friggin' ship and it's like, how do y'all know with this, uh, uh, what is it, Skeletor-like pool of like, I can see in here, I can see the future. Oh my God. Oh, I for- wait a minute. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you ain't gonna make it out. You're all gonna die. I was like, how did y'all find out? Like, did y'all have like an insurgent or something there? Clearly. Like a sleeper cell? Who was it? Bumble. No, that definitely happened. Uh, the dark deaths. I mean, the, the movie is dark in the beginning and specifically just the early deaths. It's like people are just dying. People are dying. You're an idiot, Starscream. Wouldn't we slip by the early warning systems in their own shuttle and destroy Autobot City? The Autobots will be vanquished forever. No. Such heroic nonsense. More robots. We're we again personifying robots. You have to. Um, I think the best scene in the movie, okay. bar none, is Prime versus uh, Megatron. No more Optimus Prime. Grant me mercy. I beg of you. You are without mercy. Now plead for it. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. No, you don't, Megatron. Out of the way, Hot Rod. Prime versus Megatron. Okay. It's the best scene in terms of the anticipation that pops up there. You see Prime, and it's they they take they take uh, take advantage of the limited screen time that Prime is going to have. Prime in his prime. Yes, and um, just he's talking shit to him. He's like, "I'll rip out your optics," and he was like, "I thought you were made of sterner stuff than that." <laughs> Give me mercy, <laughs> Optimus. Pussy. That was kind of the energy. <laughs> wow. I was like, wait a minute. He didn't say that. And then, like, bitch as uh, Rodimus comes over there. Oh, no, you don't. It's like, didn't Cup tell you already this is Prime's fight, nigga? This is Prime's fight. Get your punk ass over there and fucking use the cannons or something. But, you know, everybody always hates to hear from the elder statesman that's not the leader but thinks he should have been. Cup is always that kind, is that kind of character that everybody's like, you know, why do we have to listen to them? Back in my day. Right. But, I mean, the other thing about it, it's like, yo, Rodimus, you've done nothing. You grabbed a kid and put him inside of you to, as a car. <laughs> well, that was going to be his moment, though. It should have ended there. You should not have made that cliff jump. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with, with Rodimus Prime. Oh, I love. I see. We're gonna see. We should have dug into that psychology more. What's going on with you? Because I was called Rodimus Prime at one point. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting to it. Uh, well, Hot Rod. When he was Rodimus, um, when he was Rodimus Prime, great. Hot Rod. Now you're a bitch ass. Wow. Because he had, like, the new transformation. He had a trailer at the end, remember? This is very specific. He has a tra- he gets the prime. I think when you come a prime, you get a trailer. Okay. I think that's what happens. Maybe. I can't prove that it doesn't. All I say is this. Uh, Ultra Magnus didn't get a trailer. Oh, boy. Yeah. Why, why do you sound like your dad now? That's why he died. Oh, and then was resurrected to be lesser. Um, <laughs> the, last, the last thing I think is really good is... Um, because you get the music again, you get that kind of, they try to dip back into the, it's the Galvatron and Prime face off, but who, which Prime is it? It's, it's Rodimus Prime. And this is when he re- realizes how to operate the um, Matrix of Leadership. First, 
crime. Then Ultra Magnus. And now, you. It's a pity you Autobots die so easily, or I might have a sense of satisfaction now. Music takes okay. in, and then he it's like one will stand, one will fall. It's like, oh, let's get it. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I think they kick. Uh, I think he kicks like Galvatron's bitch ass out of an eyeball or something. Well, there you <laughs> this go. This goes flying. I was like, good for you. Bye. <laughs> so indirectly, Galvatron is living inside of uh, Unicron's head. Hmm. When he eats, so this nigga's got a throne inside of his head. That's where he's sitting at. So it's almost like Attack on Titan. It's almost like a Titan. Yes. Yeah. He's a Zord. He's a Power Rangers. This is robot inside a robot. That's kind of weird. I don't, I don't like think it. that should happen. No. I don't think that should happen. Seems sexual. Well, you know, oh, you know my two favorite scenes because I always, I I always love the comedy. Anything that makes me laugh at any movie. All right. So it's definitely the conversation between Unicron and Megatron. That's a great scene. At one point, it's like <laughs> Unicron says. Um, he was like, you exaggerate. Oh, wait, no. He says something like, no, he's, he says you exaggerate at one point. And then Megatron says something like, you know, the point is he's dead. You know, and then Unicron is like, no, the point is you're a fool. And like, there's just something so fantastic about like, you are already a planet that eats things. We don't need you to also talk shit at the same time. I think what he said was, I killed Prime. I, I killed Allspark. <laughs> well. You, you exaggerate. You, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lying, motherfucker. You exaggerate. I mean, and also, like, I'm just a huge fan of when the evil whatever is, like, fucking abusing the cronies. That's always one of my favorite things. Because, you know, bad leadership. Like, that should be something that people look at. Too bad we don't look at that in real life as often. But this, it's like. It's one of my favorite things. This Fortune 500 company of robots is failing. Um, exactly. And then, um, and then, of course, just the contrast of, you know, the passing of the torch, the way that the Autobots pass the torch, <laughs> and the way that the Decepticons do that. Because I just, I just think that's just such a fantastic comparison where it's like Optimus Prime dies and, like, everything is very solemn. Yeah. And there's, like, you know, there's, like, this sense of, like, regalness about it and tradition and all of this the septicons are just like it just breaks into a fucking fist fight and then they just fucking throw people off the ship and then it's like yeah we're the strongest so we should win nigga that's essentially <laughs> what the, what the uh, constructicons said the constructicons right it's like we formed devastator and therefore you niggas is bitches and they were like what makes you think you're inheriting this dumb get out of here you're a dump truck and, yeah and this is why fucking astro jet is you like think we're shaking. gonna let a backhoe be the leader yeah get backhoe <laughs> It's like, all right, motherfuckers. It's like, we form Devastator, yes, but you take separately, you're nothing. <laughs> right, exactly. What else you got? I just, I mean, I laughed out loud during this scene. I was crying. And then all of these niggas are stupid because Starscream did not prove any point, but he's just the leader by, yeah. Well, I got I rid mean, of, I got rid of Megatron, so. So. Me? I win. Yeah. What elections were held? Like, what happened? Zero. And when people declare themselves the leader, it's usually a bad sign. It's like, well, like where did you, like where were they living at? You know what I mean? Like I thought y'all were just like on a jet. Like y'all were just going back to Decepticon Meteor or whatever. Because <laughs> you know what I mean. They had a place that they went to. Yes. Hmm. So uh, real quick, um, on a, on a ten scale, where would you rate this movie? And uh, um, would you tell people to see it? Hmm, that's a tough one. I mean, for what it is. 
you know, I'm going to say it's an eight. There really aren't too many movies like this. No, no. And um, I feel like they they really pulled off the Transformers as a concept just shouldn't even work. You know, so I feel like they pull off something that kind of should fail and this movie should fail. Um, You know, would I recommend other people see it? It really depends what they're into. Like, am I going to tell like my friend at work, Jennifer, to watch it? Like, no. Well, you know what? She watches a lot of Marvel movies. But, you know, there are also some dated aspects of this movie that I don't know if people would dig. So, yeah. I'll, I agree with you. I, I think it's probably seven and a half, eight. Um, I would add that caveat to it in terms of the people who should watch it. Um, I, I I think I would factor in the age thing. It's like either you have to be into either elements of anime, you have to be into nostalgia. Like this is definitely something. If you're in con season, watch it. Um, if you're over thirty, watch it. And I mean, if you've seen any of the newer Transformers movies. If you're the kind of person that's going to watch that, then, yeah, you should watch the old one, too. Yeah, absolutely, because it's better than the majority of the live-action ones. Mm, fair. Yeah, like, the first live-action one is good, and then it gets racially weird and chronologically weird. Some weird things happen. Weird. Yeah. I did like Bumblebee, though. No, Bumblebee was, well, that's, That like, doesn't count. That's how I know, but, like, yeah. Bumblebee is the best, is the second best Transformers movie. Everything else... Like in terms of live action ones, mm-hmm. everything else is doo doo. <laughs> I love it when Robert makes these like very very austere proclamations. It's just not good. Everything else is doo doo. You doo-doo. should have that like on a sign in studio studio somewhere. Instead of Rotten Tomatoes, it's just like <laughs> a pile of shit. It, it's like thumbs up doo doo. <laughs> There's only two different scores. Like, There's no scale. There's no percentage. So I was like, is this podcaster in Baltimore? He said that our movie is doo-doo. What can we say to him? I just see Roger Ebert's face on the cover of that book when he's like, I hate your movie or something. I think that's what the book is called. I just see his face giving side eye like. Mm. I was going to say something very inappropriate. I can see just his jaw falling off. I shan't hear anything <laughs> bad about Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert is great. I don't know what he gave this movie. So for, for Koo, I'm Rob Lee. This was uh, Transformers uh, 1986. Hey, bye-bye to the good folks. Girl face out. All right, guys.